Do you ever have that feeling, Grant, that you're the only person in the world capable of doing something right, or at least if not capable, the only one who cares to do it right? Oh my god, you have no idea how deeply I connect with this at the moment. So we we can swap war stories here. Um, What's happening to me is in... 44 minutes and 49, 48, 47 seconds, a load of laundry will be done in the dryer, right? Which means that about 45 minutes ago, I put in a load of laundry into the washing machine uh, in our little communal washing room, wash or uh, laundry room. And I put my, you know, put the laundry into the washing machine and I looked above the washing machine is where a corresponding dryer is. And it was currently on a cycle that had three minutes left. And the washing cycle is like 35 minutes. And so, of course, I naively think to myself, well, that's convenient. I'll be done with my, when I, when this load finishes, that dryer should be empty and I can put my clothes in. And of course, I go down there 35 minutes later. There's just clothes still sitting in that dryer. And I just don't, I don't understand how this happens. Mm-hmm. Much in the same way, it's actually worse with our package room because we just have a big, you know, communal apartment package room. And it is just chaos in there every single day. There's so many packages. And I do not understand how that happens. Like, I, it's like, people, if you have something coming, presumably you would want it. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> they continue to sit there. And I just... I just don't get it. So these are these are the trials and tribulations of my life mm-hmm. as we prepare to leave. Uh, like I set a timer. I don't understand why people can't set a timer for their laundry. It tells you how long yeah. it's going to take. Like I understand. Like if like when I'm at my parents' house or whatever. Wait, it tells you exactly how long it's going to take. I mean, it's not always exactly correct, but it basically tells you how long it's going to take. Like yeah, there's a number like on a- there. That says 34 when you start it. Okay, yeah. No, that's that counts as exactly in my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it goes two minutes longer or whatever, but what like it's heck? basically that. And uh, this was also the case when I was in college. Like all of the like all of these communal washing machine and dryer things in mm-hmm. a communal laundry room, they always did that. Or there is an app to yeah. connect to it. Like it, it, there are so many ways to determine whether your laundry was going to be done at a particular time. Like, it's Mm -hmm. so easy to plan for, and yet, this always happens. I just don't get it. I'm down there, like, a minute before my laundry's even done, just waiting for it to be finished so I can quickly swap it. Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy. But, yeah. People just need to get their act together. Yeah. Like, (sighs) nah. Well, and it's, this is the other thing. I had a certain amount of grace when I was a C-A-R-A, whatever you want to call me, when I was a person in college, and you're dealing with a bunch of freshmen who are probably doing laundry for the first time in their life, you know, or they're, you know, whatever it is. There's a lot of factors that lead to laundry being done poorly throughout the year, and people forgetting about their stuff, whatever, 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 right? Those excuses should get less and less as the year proceeds, but still, there's a certain constant state of issues in a dorm laundry room. But we're not in undergrad. 
this is a building of grad students and postdocs and like medical residents and all this sort of stuff. It, like there's there's no practical excuse in that sense, you know, from like an expectation standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it's to the point that like, we get we get a weekly email sent to us from like the housing people, just like about updates about maybe events that are going on or problems that occur. One of the funniest ones being a few weeks ago when they told us that uh, you should not be trying to install bidets in our apartments because someone did try to do that and, like, flooded multiple what? floors. Oh. Okay. I was going to say, I was like, what's wrong with installing bidets? But, yeah, I guess yeah. I forgot people can be incompetent. Yeah. And, well, okay, no, that's maybe unfair assumption of having being able to work with plumbing is not fair but in either case one of the recurring points how among other common recurring points like pick up after your dog in the courtyard all this sort of stuff among those is hey get your laundry done on time set a timer like pay attention Mm -hmm. to the world that you're living in and respect the people around you just just these common things that make a society run yeah and this any is what, scale this is like say 20 years ago totally reasonable i think or like could be considered reasonable nowadays everybody has a timer in their pocket that is probably even voice activated yeah it's almost inexcusable no it, it in my mind it's, it's almost entirely inexcusable. like it is inexcusable he says <laughs> meaning that it is certainly inexcusable. <laughs> yeah. So that's my they... frustration. Luckily, Can... the benefit, the particular laundry room that I tend to go to, uh, there's one, like, so there's four buildings that are all kind of, they're not actually connected, but they're essentially connected and they share a courtyard. And I think all of them have a laundry room, but I don't like the one in my building because it's like the way that it's designed is there's like, it's, there's really no space between the machines. Like, you're just kind of crammed in almost like a hallway. It's very uncomfortable in there. And so I go to the one across the courtyard because it's much more spacious. There's not really any more machines. It's just laid out better, right? Mm-hmm. And luckily, unlike when I was in college, this laundry room is smart because it has two extra dryers. Because dryers are the most likely spot where clothes go to die. <laughs> And also the drying cycle is twice as long as the washing cycle. So yeah. that also just creates a natural backup. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have two extra ones. So I've never actually ran into an issue where my clothes had to just sit in the washing machine and there wasn't a dryer available. Like, that is fine. Like, I did find a dryer right away. But it's inconvenient when I don't get to use the one directly above my machine. And I have to go, like, you know, drop a bunch of clothes on the ground as I attempt to transfer them to a different machine. Yeah. That's interesting that they had the forethought to have more dryers. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about like when I was in a dorm last and we definitely had the same number of washers as dryers. Actually, yep. I think we had an extra washer, but the washers mm. were like 30 minutes and the dryers were like closer to 60 or 90. Yep. And how was that oversight made? Because that was always the problem. I don't know. I don't know how that planning works, but we do, we do have the benefit of it. It's one-to-one. Like, every washer has a dryer, and then there are two additional dryers. Mm-hmm. So, works out nicely. Mm. 
Yeah, that's... I love having in-unit laundry. <laughs> it's something that when I was first getting the apartment, my sister looked... my Because my sister helped me extensively with my first apartment search. Sure. Uh, and she, like, looked out for places that have it and strongly encouraged me to focus on those places that did have it mm-hmm. over places where it wasn't included or, like, was whatever any other options yep. uh and i thought she was being an idiot <laughs> to be totally honest i thought she was recommending me things that i didn't care about and that i would never care about and that was meaningless and a waste of money i have since learned that my sister is very smart and i should <laughs> trust her judgment on things that i have little experience with because she's often right yeah because it's amazing yeah, I mean, the the difference here, the reason that it's not really a big deal is I knew what the yeah. situation would be. Is like, this is university-owned. Yeah. The maintenance people are excellent. Like, things don't really, like, yeah, the machines will break down, but they get fixed pretty quickly. It's not super common that you run into any issues. And the only people there are other people in the building. Like, it's it's a pretty reasonable setup. If it were just some old random San Francisco place where you then had to go to, like, a laundromat or go into the garage with a, whoever else happened to live in the building mm-hmm. i would definitely be less enthusiastic about that like that that would be where i would try to draw a line if i could yeah but at least for now this works fine and then wherever we go next it'll definitely be an in-unit sort of thing when i feel like in your current situation there's not that many great I don't actually know, but I, I just assume there's not that many great, like, viable alternatives. No, I mean, the area that we live in is, like, pretty new. So a lot of apartments, proper apartments, are planned around having in-unit laundry. Yeah. But any of those now, like, a couple of years ago, maybe we could have afforded them, but we kind of knew that we would get priced out, and sure enough, like, I don't think there's anything in the area that we yeah. could afford right now. Yeah. So. So, yeah, there's definitely no alternatives. No. No, not really. Yeah. In other updates, not related to laundry or being frustrated with the state of the world, obviously we're, we're recording this ahead of time, so I don't know what the state of my finger that I sprained will be at the time this is released. But at the time of recording, we're only a week removed from when I originally sprained it, right? Mm-hmm. And yesterday I had two baseball games. Things went well. Like, I can still tell that, like, it still hurts a little bit. Or, like, it's stiff, like, at the extremes. If I try to really clench my fist or try to really flatten my fingers, I can feel the stiffness in the joint. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, like, hurt. But I can tell, even though at a glance it doesn't look very swollen, I know that it is because I still can't put my ring on my finger. Mm. So that's that's a very easy test for, like, you know, most of last week it was, like, I can't even imagine attempting to put it on because it was so obviously swollen and also hurt. That yeah. the idea of even, like, putting a ring on it would was, like, made me kind of shiver, you know? Well, <laughs> like, one option is that your finger is still a little bit swollen. But what if you, like, accidentally forgot your ring in your pants pocket and ran it through the dryer... While you were washing laundry. Mm, mm. Yeah. Like maybe you're healed totally all the way. Could be. And you just shrunk your ring. Yep. <laughs> yes, my cotton ring. <laughs> no, I told you we're not talking about laundry, Grant. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm just... It's really <laughs> on my mind. Uh, but yeah, it's a... Uh, now, I'm, now I'm hoping that it is just like a sprain and it'll 
get better, especially since I won't be doing much with it this week. Yeah. Um, Because I want to be able to play, like, disc. Because this is the thing. Like, if it hurts to kind of, like, make a fist. And, like, I I can make a fist right now, but I can't, like, clench. That's going to put a real damper on wanting to play disc golf when I'm back in Minnesota. Uh, Because that's, like, all you do. (laughs) Yeah. I... I hope it heals quickly for you. Me too. So it's mainly just a disc golf thing, like day to day, like typing, just all all my normal stuff. I don't even notice it anymore, which is good, but it's still not quite a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So, well, how was your weekend? How you doing? Oh, my weekend's been fine. I haven't done a ton, to be honest. Yeah, recuperated a little uh, bit from your busy week. Yeah, but, like, I... I don't know. I'm kind of torn at the moment. Because mm. I did recuperate a lot from my busy week, which was very much needed. Good. But part of me feels like I should have recuperated slightly less mm-hmm. and done slightly more to make the next week less of the same. Yeah. At least in the first day or two of the week. And so I'm actively kind of nervous about that coming up, but Mm. I'm also trying to be logical and say, why am I wasting my time being nervous and stressing about things that like, at this point it's irrelevant Hmm. because the only thing it does is make me recuperate less in the final handful of hours that I have to recuperate. Sure. Because realistically, I'm not going to like, oh, ch- travel back in time and change things. Like, yep. I'm already in this situation, so it would be better to have an extra an extra 5% of recuperation. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to recuperate if you're worrying about things. And so, yeah. Something that, that I've been, act- or I've not actively, I've been passively doing much more poorly on than I was hoping in the past few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay. Hmm. I have something random. Love it. That I just thought of. Okay, yesterday I was leaving my apartment and I got my car like parked out front in a parking lot. Um, and there's like a dumpster. A few. You've been in my parking lot. Yes. You, like there's dumpsters every once in a while. And I was backing out and there were all these little kids on bikes up on the sidewalk, like in front of my car. It's not like I, I wasn't worried about hitting them. No, nothing like that. But mm-hmm. I was like, what are the, these kids were like congregating, like running over to the dumpster, like crazy. I was like, what is going on? And so I looked over and there was like multiple cases of like the styrofoam cup ramens. They were just like cut open and strewn about next to the dumpster cage. Like, not even in the dumpster, not even, like, in front of the dumpster. It was, like, outside of the fenced area where the dumpster is held. Hmm. And it made me think of multiple things. I wish I had checked them later after the children left because uh, I don't need to interact with children more than I have to because <laughs> they're our future, but they're the worst sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just kidding. I love, Kids are great, but uh, <laughs> anyway... I like why did I wanted to figure out why was this all thrown out? Because from what I could tell, it looked fine, and I feel like stuff like that has a long enough shelf life that I don't. I can't believe they are expired, right? Yeah. Uh, first of all, why did someone throw them away? And then why? Sorry, I'm gonna 
move back a little bit so I don't clip the mic. I think it's too late, but go for it. <laughs> Why didn't they put it in the dumpster? <laughs> or next to the dumpster? Why did they put it outside? Like, oh, people are incompetent, Mark. We got a mystery on our hands. That's what we got. It makes no sense. I'm going to call Scooby-Doo up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I also live in a city where it is all too common to dispose of things by leaving them on sidewalks. Um, even if there is another method to do it. Yeah. Like I, I, I probably wouldn't have batted an eye at that <laughs> at this point. But <laughs> in context, I definitely understand. But... <laughs> like leaving it something almost leaving something on the sidewalk is more excusable. Yeah, it's like no, I understand. You are Just, literally a foot away from doing it right. Yeah, it's like people who set garbage in front of a garbage can, like garbage that's small enough to fit in the garbage can easily. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing? No, I'm with you. I mean, I, you I find like, it more interesting though. Why did they throw it out? But yeah, because uh, because the putting things near trash, I feel like is just par for the course these days. Like, you see it all over the place where, for whatever reason, someone couldn't be bothered to actually put the thing in the trash that's three feet away from them, or maybe they tried to, and by try, I mean threw it in the general direction, and then it didn't go in, and they thought, eh. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then walked away. Who knows? But it's also a different story when it's one thing versus a lot of a thing. <laughs> yeah but maybe i mean was this was it so much ramen that one person could not lift it like was it like a pallet of ramen or what was this what what is the amount it was no it wasn't a pallet worth but it was like uh i don't know the correct i should know these things because they're packaging turned but like like the the cups are like a, a kind of like cube shaped package you know and then they fit together onto a cardboard tray mm-hmm. where there's probably like, I don't know, 10 to 30 of them. Mm-hmm. And then those trays can be like stacked. And so it's probably like a couple, tr- like a number of trays. Gotcha. So it was it's certainly in excess of like somewhere I'm guessing in the range of like 40 to 100. I didn't investigate super closely. I saw multiple trays and at least like 20 or 30 packed packages of ramen just like strewn about okay so here's what probably happened someone was buying this in someone there's there's a there's a gray market ramen set up somewhere near your apartment right someone's buying these by the pallet then someone from your apartment building went to this little gray market ramen auction and walked away with several of these trays right for like you know for like two dollars and fifty cents right and they're carrying it back and they're like all right it's ramen party time yes and they're walking and suddenly they slip on a banana peel that someone didn't throw in the dumpster they left it outside the fence and ramen went everywhere they're worried that it's soiled by the surrounding area you know maybe a few uh broke open who's to say right so they're thinking, look, 
I'm hosting a ramen party tonight. I just got done with this whole ramen thing. I can't, I don't have time to put this away and restock my ramen. So they left it, went back, got more ramen, just decided to harden their heart against what this was going to do Grant to Grant the next morning when he saw kids investigating the ramen. Mm-hmm. We got it in one. <laughs> <laughs> have i told you about the dumpster bread did you get bread out of a dumpster no greg did oh uh, yes you have yeah you where have they got like this somewhere between 20 and a thousand loaves of like wonder bread from a dumpster yes and i'm pretty sure they actually used it for stuff yeah yeah <laughs> yeah did you grab any of the ramen for yourself no, I was on a mission and I was already late. See, even you accept my explanation of how worthless ramen is. Well, no, I... <laughs> this was something I was going to leave out of the episode. But I was already running late to pick someone up to go disc golfing. Oh. And we were in a rush because it was too late in the day for us to go disc golfing. But we decided to ignore logic and do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotcha. Grant running late. What a concept. Well, okay. Actually, <laughs> I was like literally like a minute late from when I told him I was going to leave. Uh-huh. But because of his schedule, we were going at a time. Like the reason the time was of essence is because of the time that he dictated we should go. Sure. I was advocating for an hour earlier, but he was unavailable then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wouldn't have felt such urgency if I, if we were an hour earlier. Got it. My one minute wouldn't have mattered, hmm. but I felt like it mattered because it was. So had it been an hour earlier, would you have picked up yeah. some of the ramen? I probably would have deemed his time as less important than mine. And I would have stopped to investigate the ramen because I'm rude and inconsiderate and curious. Sounds about right. Grant has brought Frank and Ernest by Thaves. We have, well, it's not actually Frank and Ernest, but it is a similar uh, artistic style. But instead we have a, what is presumably the Earth, but, you know, it's a comic. So, you know, the uh, continents are anything but accurate. And uh, also anthropomorphized in that it has a face and a particularly large nose. And Earth is looking at the moon. Earth looks kind of annoyed and is kind of maybe chastising the moon, perhaps, or just voicing some sort of frustration, as the Earth says. You always keep the same face turned this way. Don't you trust me? It's your comic, Grant thoughts mark <laughs> i'm not even sure i like i get this is one of those comics where if it works when uh, you don't think about it so it i don't mean to be rude it i'm sorry if you already got this part but i just want to be clear like the moon is tidally locked to the earth so we only yeah. see one side of it right correct okay like i know i understand the astronomy joke going on what i when i mean like that is the base level joke but the but the like other side of the joke, the non astronomy part of it, the you always keep the same face turned this way. Don't you trust me? 
I don't even understand what Earth is trying to say. Like, so you don't get stabbed in the back. Okay, I thought it was. I thought it was the other way. Like, you know, the Earth can't Earth. always keep an eye on the moon. S- uh, sorry, yeah. So the moon doesn't get like the Earth thinks the moon is worried about getting stabbed in the back by Earth. Hmm. Um. I think I think the reason that that's confused. So I mean, always the keep the same face. It's like, are we implying that these two anthropomorphized astronomical objects have multiple faces to them? Oh, you're gonna let's let's hear some topology from you, Mark. This isn't topology. It's no. It's saying like by face, we literally have faces drawn on them. Oh. So saying keep the same face turned this way. That's confusing to me. Why oh, can't like, it just be like you're always looking at me, like Professor Quirrell or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Is it that sort of a situation, or like is this just bad writing? I think it's just bad writing. I think it should say something like, you know, you're. You're always keeping an eye on me, or you're always looking at me. Don't you trust me? Like that, I think would get the point across. But it seems like they tried to over-explain the astronomy part of it for a lack of clarity in what the actual joke was outside of the astronomy part. Hmm. Maybe it's just kind of a bad punchline. I feel like maybe the uh, the aggressive attitude or, of Earth could have been uh, adjusted differently. I don't know. Or or maybe Mark. Maybe you should say yes and a little bit more in your life. Hmm. Bringing that one back. Hmm. Blast from the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who I'm yes anding, but... <laughs> the comic in general. <laughs> be more optimistic. Be, be less of a spoil sport. I don't know. This comic is the one being negative. Your face is the one being negative, yo. Hey. But, so Mark, one of the things I want to talk about... Uh-huh. Uh, to take this in a more uh, maybe not positive direction, but are you? I assume you are familiar with the phrase "trust but verify." Certainly. Do you know the origin of the phrase at all, or whatever? Or? Uh, no, I can't mm. say that I do. Okay. Well, that ruins one of the top possible. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, were you hoping that I was about to teach you something, or what? Well, a little. I was hoping that you're about to verify that. Uh, I correctly knew where it came from, but I guess I can just Google that later. Um, <laughs> or, like, th- where it, like, became popularized from. I mean, those are two different things, but I'm, I'm if you have, whether it's true or not, I, I'd love to hear whatever you were going to say. Because I feel like I learned at some, I think it was in, like, middle school or high school or something, some teacher would always say, trust but verify, and would then, like, say, like, that it was, like, a Ronald Reagan quote or something. That doesn't sound right to me. But, um, that trust might... but verify is a rhyming Russian proverb. The they phrase don't... became internationally known in English after Suzanne Massey, an American scholar, taught it to Ronald okay, Reagan. No. Oh, there you go. Nailed it. Wait, why? Whatever. <laughs> That's not important. So it's so, yes, Ronald Reagan, but also not Ronald Reagan. It's more just like, yes, popularization, Ronald Reagan, history, it's literally just a Russian proverb. Yeah. That uh, phrase, well, okay, sorry. I'm need, Give me a sec to pivot. I'm not super flexible right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pivot. Keep the same foot on the ground. Only move one foot. Don't 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 get called for traveling. Don't start dribbling again. Nope. Already stop dribbling. 
Yep, unless someone touches the ball. Really? Yeah. If someone slaps at the ball and makes contact, you can start dribbling again. I didn't know that. There you go. Like, Do you trust they... me? <laughs> no, but I'm not going to verify because I don't care now. <laughs> but one of the things I was thinking about is, like, do you – is trust but verify a phrase that you think, like, connects to your life at all? Or, like, is that often something, like, someone will tell you something and you'll, like, double-check it ever? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's super common in, like, at work. Yeah. For sure. Like, I – I mean, and also trust but verify is funny. It's like, what do I trust? What what part of this do I trust? So a common example here is now that we're using, I mean, basically any software that I'm using with the sales team where they need to like enter something, like do anything with technology, mm-hmm. uh, I trust that they think they're doing it correctly. Ah, uh, yes. I do not trust that they did it correctly. <laughs> no. <laughs> I trust that they had good intentions. Yeah. Um, but I'm always double checking. Uh, so that's the most common thing of like, it's. I'm not even sure if that's necessarily the spirit of what the phrase means. You know, yeah. I don't think that's the intended spirit of the phrase, but I think that's what it kind of tends to mean anyway, is like you trust some aspect of what's going on, but you don't actually fully trust it. And hence the verification. Yeah, you mean it in as much of the like... Never assume malice where stupidity is a easier is a equally valid explanation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, what if? Uh, what about if you're in situations where you are incapable of verifying, or verification is practically uh, so difficult as to be essentially not possible? Is that something you at all can connect with? Do you feel like you're ever in a situation hmm. like that? I mean, I think we all find ourselves in that situation. Like, just imagine any story that anyone's ever told you. Okay. That's that funny. involved them and a bunch of strangers that you don't know and will never meet. Hearsay. I mean, you can you can claim whatever you want, but this is my point, right? No, that is hearsay. Yeah, anyway. But, yeah, but, but in either case, you are, you are in the position where either you could just trust the story, accept it, you could... I suppose internally not trust the story and then just not say anything. Or you can argue the point having no real particular basis for the argument other than just like your internal sense of what happened. Uh huh. Which is sometimes totally fair if someone's telling some obvious like big fish story. Oh. You know, you can choose then to call them out on it. Like, you can't really verify it if they are attempting to weasel themselves into something that is unverifiable. Like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't take a picture of it. Yeah. Whatever. You know, whatever your example is based on the story. But that's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the case of a literal fish story. <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm just immediately thinking of situations where it would be hilarious to expect someone to take a picture. <laughs> Like, talking about, I don't know, like, I don't know. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Nowadays, I think most stories that I'm thinking of, it would be reasonable to expect a picture. Not necessarily expect a picture, but a picture wouldn't be unexpected, you know? Yeah. But in either case, um, I think that is something that comes across a lot is the, like, you do just have to trust people, um, 
or humor them if you don't trust the the exact details you know take a story mm-hmm. for what it is but i don't think it's necessarily a lack of trust if you think that someone's telling a story that is embellished somewhat mm-hmm. that's not that's not necessarily a lack of trust it's more just knowing a person and the kind of stories they tend to tell and knowing when a story is a story versus a statement of what happened. So that's what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So this week, Mark brought... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have anything. Uh, clearly. I, I, that, the whole silence is me trying to find a way to segue, but I couldn't. That's okay. Laundry's going to be done in nine minutes. Okay. Doodle Town by Melissa This is not need to rush. I'm just telling you. Uh, in this comic, we got some people and some words on it. And so, Mark, what are your thoughts? Um, no. So we've got a, a anthropomorphized cat. I'm going to go with just laying in bed under the covers in, I believe, a dark room. And I am going to say... The cat is laying in bed with one paw out of the covers, eyes closed like it's sleeping or trying to fall asleep, and is thinking the majority of the time, dot, 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 and then kind of picking up its phone next to it, peeking with one eye open, the other one still closed. I'm staying really positive. And then I was putting down the phone, but right now I'm positive, dot, 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 quickly cutting to... Both eyes being shut on the cat, it pretending to be asleep as a hand is coming in from off scene, off screen. Dot dot dot. I'm staying in bed just a little longer. So the cat is pretending oh, oh, oh. to sleep, so they can stay in bed longer, even though they're definitely awake and peeking at their phone just a second earlier. Honestly, Correct. the first time I read this comic, I didn't even notice the other hand in the final frame. So. Ah. Uh, but it's irrelevant because all I wanted to ask about was what do you keep near your bed? Because right here we have a cup, a phone, looks like maybe some papers, and then I don't know, a pot. I was gonna uh, say, oh, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. At but... first I thought it was a fish bowl, but I was like, nah. That was I know, fish. no, it looks like decorations so of maybe just sort of like a decorative pot of some sort. Who knows? Um, but I was just curious, what, what is, like, do you have a, like, bedside table or something? And if so, what goes on it? Yes, I do have a bedside table. There is a lamp on it. What kind of lamp? Like a, uh... Like, like, like a, a standard a, a lamp, lamp that's been around for a long time with a big lampshade kind of thing? Yeah, like a lampshade lamp. Okay. Um, and then there is an extension cord sitting on top of it that is connected to a phone charger. <laughs> Beautiful. That lives there. And that's pretty much it for what lives there. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, like, if I'm... When I'm sleeping, my phone. Sure. Ideally. Yeah. Sometimes the phone ends up smacking me in the face as I drop <laughs> it as I'm falling asleep or something, but... And in that case, maybe it'll end up staying in the bed or getting launched across the room. Sure. Normally, I don't throw my phone across the room. Just saying. But it was a funny picture to think of. I gotcha. I got, so so is there any particular, like, 
thought to the, I guess, lack of stuff there? Or is it just sort of, that's how it's been? Oh, it'll have my glasses on it when I'm sleeping too, but... That's fair. That's how it is, because what else do I need there? Oh, there's also Kleenex there. Mm. I started keeping (laughs) Kleenex there that I have almost never used uh, after I woke up in the... I feel like I told this story to you before. Bloody nose. Yeah, after I woke up in the morning in a fucking war, excuse my language, uh, in a war zone, mm. or looking like I was in a war zone because of a bloody nose in the middle of the night, and it's never happened yeah. again. The I'm not sure if I've heard that particular story, but I've definitely had bloody nose stories from you, oh. so that was definitely my guess. I feel like I have told you about every single bloody nose I have ever had in my life, <laughs> um, because the number is exceedingly small. Sure. And thus, every time it happens, it is a major life event. Uh huh. Well, because they seem to be really bad every time you have them. I used to get them sometimes when I was a kid, but they were not like a big deal. That's the other thing is I feel like it can't be, but like, are they always bad just because of how infrequent I have them? Or because I don't like, I feel <laughs> so like you I know how make to... up for years lost on the nosebleed factor. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. I've never had just like a mundane bloody nose. I feel like they're always horrific. Wait, so you... I haven't told you the story about... Well, there's not much to say anymore because I've already spoiled it all. But one morning I woke up and my face felt like crusty and gross. And I was like, oh my God, was I like drooling really bad in my sleep? But it was like my whole face. Uh-huh. And so I walked into the... Ba- like stumbled into the bathroom like half asleep and like flicked on the light and looked in the mirror and I almost screamed. Because it looked like a scene out of Carrie. Do you know the movie Carrie? Uh, I am aware of it and the book, so like I, I know I know the reference. Yeah it it looked like someone tried to drown me in a bucket of pig's blood. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a scene out of Saw. Yeah, it was bad. It, it like, was time to play a game. I had to replace my uh like pillow cover and my pillow because it was Excellent. like bloody yeah that's not what you want but thankfully i must not have been rolling around in the night that much because like it was all contained, <laughs> was contained. beautifully <laughs> and thankfully my pillow was absorbent enough that i didn't bleed through it sure and with the way my face looked i wouldn't have been surprised if i had that is pretty impressive i would say but yeah so that's when i started keeping kleenex next to my bed thinking like oh if i like wake up and feel like it's coming or something where he's, like, starting to bleed, I can, like, have something to stop it. It's never happened again. Mm-hmm. Like, I slept with, like, uh, with, like, a bath towel on my pillow for the next, like, couple months. Because I didn't want to have to buy another pillow. But it's never happened again. Hmm. Wild. I had this fear for so long. And I still think I have the fear, but... Yeah, I was gonna say, it'll just resurface one day, and it's the worst yeah you want to know what really bothers me about this comic real quick before we end yes in the final frame there's a random like cursive l the l in little is cursive and the word longer does not have any cursive yeah and similarly in the first frame the the word the the t there is cursive i think the thing that bothers me most now that you've pointed this out is there's one frame that doesn't have a single cursive letter uh don't the second and third frames both not have cursive letters third frame has an o oh it does the o to the w is cursive i didn't notice that that's not that obvious 
But yeah. Yeah. The O isn't the O is kind of so subtle. Um I don't know, that might be uh that might be a cursive apostrophe in the second frame. <laughs> what do you mean a cursive apostrophe? <laughs> I'm just being an idiot. Or oh, being obnoxious. It, it could be a a cursive uh Honestly, also the the G in staying is capitalized in that second frame. Uh, that almost bothers me more than the cursive, to be honest. That definitely bothers me more than the uh, cursive. Come on, Melissa, get your act together. I'm a fan of mixing in cursive here and there, but that G that is unforgivable.